Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am so excited to have today's guest with us. Nicole Laloya is a business coach and strategist who helps women entrepreneurs with creating more money and really take charge of their business. We are going to be talking about how you can create additional revenue streams in your business and why it's awesome for introverts. So welcome. I'm excited to have you. Thanks so much for having me here. I'm excited to be talking about this too. As an introvert, I think people don't realize how beneficial it is to have multiple income streams and to be able to move away from those draining one-to-one services. I personally didn't realize the benefit of multiple revenue streams until last March when everything was happening. I actually lost half my clients at the span of a week. That was absolutely terrifying and made me reevaluate my entire business. Now this year, I'm actually moving away from one-to-one services for the most part, which is very exciting. So I'm excited to chat with you about this more. I can't wait to hear about that. And I agree with you. I know personally, it wasn't that I lost clients, but as programs wrapped up last year through the pandemic, I just didn't have the energy to take more on. I'm a highly anxious person. I was in New Jersey where it started early and was extremely severe. I wasn't able to go out. And again, as an introvert, I think I had an interesting reaction because I know they were like, oh, this is easier for introverts because they're used to being alone and this is perfect for them. But for me as an introvert, I still like to go to coffee shops. I still like to go to bars just to do work and stuff like that and get that stimulation, but not necessarily be in intense conversation with anyone. So I think just losing that opportunity was really, really hard for me. And I was so glad I had multiple income streams and wasn't in a place to take on one-to-one clients where I might not have even been able to serve them well because of my own exhaustion. I noticed that a lot of people were having to pivot last year Mm -hmm. because if they didn't already have those additional revenue streams in place, they were having to pivot really quickly and Mm -hmm. figure out a way to make their business work with the new landscape that we are in. (laughs) So I would love to start with a little bit more about you and your background and how you got started as a business coach and strategist. Interestingly, I actually started out as a social worker. I got my master's at Columbia in social work and then went straight into an agency job. Back then, people didn't even really talk about introvert, extroverts, and they really loaded us up with a lot of clients seeing like 30 a week. And I was seeing kids with their families with like a lot of mental health issues and socioeconomic factors, living in Harlem, a lot of financial stress, things like that. 
And I was at that job for three years. And at the end, they were trying to get us to see more clients and decrease the time we saw clients. And I just felt they were really focused on quantity, not quality of services, which didn't align with my values. And there was not supportive leadership or anything like that. I was like severely burnt out. And again, ironically, as a therapist, I didn't even realize I was burnt out. I just felt like I was lazy or hated my job or not motivated. So I left the job and I took time off to travel and volunteer in South America, which was great. And then when I came back, again, that burnout just hit and I didn't realize it like till years later, that was burnout. You weren't lazy. You know what I mean? And I really couldn't work for a little while because I was just so exhausted and I was waiting for my next level license to come through, which would allow me to have a private practice or something like that. And I'm sure a lot of introverts can connect to this. I don't know what your job background is, but I think it's just really common for us to burn out Mm -hmm. in jobs. And that's why we pivot right then to solopreneurship and being a business owner, because I think we're just overwhelmed with people at work and projects and a lot of times lack of leadership and support. So when I finally got my license, it's kind of interesting because now I think about it, I really set up multiple streams of income for myself then. Although again, it was a lot of one-to-one services. I had a part-time job doing meaning planning and continuing education for health professionals. That was part-time. Then I had a job doing case management for people with multiple sclerosis. And that was a contract job. And then I had another contractor position where I was seeing kids with mental health issues in their homes. So I was really juggling a lot of income streams at the time, but liked it because I wasn't in that one thing. After a few years, I did decide to go into my own private practice. And in the first week, I was like, what the heck did I do? I just set up a draining job where the only way for me that I was aware of at that time was one-to-one clients to make money. I know a lot of people in private practice who do see like 30 clients a week. A lot of my clients come to me because they are seeing so many clients and they're drained and burnt out. They want new income streams that will allow them to work less. And I was just like, oh my God, the only way for me to make my income goal is to see a lot of clients. And then if I want to make more money, I need to see more clients because there's no other way other than raising my rates. And how often can you do that? And then I fell into the online world and coaching. And I was like, that's so much more flexible. You don't have to have the same schedule every week with the same clients at the same time. So I fell into online coaching and then I fell into being an affiliate for other people's programs totally accidentally. I shared one person's affiliate link just to see as an experiment and I ended up making $5,000 from the launch, which was huge because my monthly income as a social worker was a lot less than that. So I was like, I just made one month of income for (laughs) very minimal hours of work. And then I just started doing market research, which I had as an introvert been avoiding and with low confidence to not wanting to talk to people about what they needed, being scared that I wouldn't be able to provide it and then my business would fall apart. But when I did it, I really found that people wanted help with goal setting and leaving their job and starting a business like I had been doing. So then I added in a group program and then people started asking me for help. And again, that market research, listening to what people are asking you for is so important with multiple income streams. So then I started 
hearing from people that they wanted to learn how to make affiliate income, not from like blogs and getting a ton of traffic, which I knew nothing about, but how to bring in programs, services, products that would be a good fit for their audience. So then I created a course, which I also ran live a few times. So that was my start. I also experimented with a book that didn't go well, (laughs) all those things too. Um, So that was really my start with multiple income streams. I love that you have tried multiple things. There's so many ways that you can create different revenue streams, some that Mm -hmm. don't really take a lot of time commitment or energy on your part. Mm -hmm. I was definitely in the same boat. At the time when I lost half my clients, looking back now, it was a relief Mm -hmm. because I was way overbooked with one-to-one services. I was working probably 70 hours per week just on client work. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't really focused on growing my own business. Also, it allowed me to pivot and change things up and focus on courses and workshops and my memberships. So Mm -hmm. it was actually a blessing, but I feel like a lot of people do that. They get so sucked into the one-to-one services and finding my next client and getting two more clients this month or five more clients this month. And you will get burnt out, especially if you're an introvert. It's kind of like a never-ending cycle of clients coming on, clients leaving, and then needing another client. And that's also why I went into group programs. Another benefit of it was, again, I was worried about not having steady income. You know, when I did have one-to-one clients for therapy practice, especially they don't have contracts or anything like that. You can't plan for a monthly program. So people could drop out at any time and then you need to find new people. You can predict your monthly income, but then you're starting fresh every month with having no clue how much money you're going to make. And that was really stressful for me. I loved the first group program I ran, which was six months and allowed me to book out ongoing income for six months. I would Mm -hmm. definitely have that base of monthly payments coming in and not have to stress or worry about starting from zero every month. And there's so many ways that you can create something like that. Because if you've been working one-on-one with clients, you have all of this experience and knowledge that you can turn into a group program and Mm -hmm. just work with more people at once. Also, some people really love the group atmosphere because you can bounce ideas off of each other as well. And it's more like a community, whereas one-to-one, it's for me as an introvert, I find if I hire somebody one-to-one, it feels more intense to me. Truthfully, in the beginning of my business, I couldn't really afford one-to-one coaching. Group programs were a great alternative for me. And I honestly was like scared about joining them because that introvert piece, lack of confidence in my business, worried about it being exposed to everyone. But really, I took that opportunity to show up. I love that I have Facebook groups for my groups. So I loved that I was able to get continued support without always having to jump on a call with someone. I could just post in the group and ask for support or share something and also be able to share things and help other people just by commenting on their Facebook posts and not necessarily having to have like a million calls with people. So I really honestly would have never thought it would have led group programs either. But then I just decided to experiment with one. And again, as an introvert, I loved it because I run a lot of groups still, but I love it because you can help more people at once with one group coaching session, with one training. And the amount of being drained is the same as a one-to-one session for me, but I helped 10 people instead Mm -hmm. of one. And I made honestly more money for it too. 
I feel like a lot of people that are maybe hesitant to start a group program maybe think that they're not going to feel supported because it's a group setting. But for me, I've been on the other side of it. I've been in a couple of group masterminds where I may not have spoken up too much, Mm -hmm. but I attended and I listened to coaching of others and had so many light bulb moments just from listening to the conversations that were happening. Huge learning Mm -hmm. lesson for me. So I hate that people think that you're not going to have time to coach everyone in a group call or everyone's not going to get the value, but just listening is valuable. I've learned way more when I've been listening to other people's questions and um, watching them be coached who are maybe struggling with something similar to me rather than me asking the questions and coming forward. Cause sometimes I can't even really figure out what my question Mm -hmm. should be until I hear somebody else bring up a a topic. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm struggling with that too. This is good advice. And that's what I loved about group programs. When I finally went into it again, I thought I was going to be this weirdo loner (laughs) who just had these silly issues that no one else had. And instead there's such connection and it's so reassuring to see that people are having the same struggles as you. I would love to hear who do you typically work with? Is it people that are struggling or overwhelmed with one-to-one clients? Who are some of your ideal clients Mm -hmm. that you work with? I usually tend to get clients in just two groups. And the first group tends to be people who have a few clients. And I work with service providers. So health and wellness providers, therapists, coaches, sometimes even freelancers like web designers and writers and things like that. And the reality is, is when you do start your business, I want to be very honest. It is unlikely that you have an audience big enough to go straight into other income streams that require more people like groups or workshops or a membership or things like that. So you probably are going to have to work with one-to-one clients in the beginning to get that foundation of income where you feel safe and it's not like this constant fear and you're supporting yourself. So I do get clients who are in the earlier stages or have had their business for a while, but are just not getting that momentum, are not getting that visibility to have enough income from one-to-one clients. We really do work to get them booked out, to build relationships that get them seen, and to do it in a way that sets them up to for success with multiple income streams down the road when they're more ready for that. So start building them an audience, creating that online visibility. Because again, a lot of times my clients, they have clients from local people who searched for them or just from your personal network. We do need to start to build relationships with other professionals that have the same audience as them. Really focus also on them having a strong niche because a lot of us are just really vague in the beginning. For me, in the beginning, I was like, women with stress. And that's like everyone. And people couldn't tell that I could really help them because I was not speaking to their issues. Then I really started getting younger women in their 20s and 30s who were really stressed out with work and it was impacting their relationship with their partner. And they didn't know how to advocate for themselves at work and move into a leadership position there. I think women are really uncomfortable with leadership because we're just not really given the support to become leaders, although that's definitely changing now, but it's not like automatic when we're younger. And a lot of jobs don't provide that the way we really 
need it. So working with them on those issues. If I had really just targeted those people, I really would have been seen more as an expert, more people would have connected and come to me, I would have been able to grow faster. So we also just work on making sure they're really specific. So they're also not reaching out to just random professionals who are like, I don't even know who to send to you. Like, I don't know who you'd be a good fit for. So we do that. And then the next group is service providers who are burnt out from one-to-one clients who have a wait list. And they really are ready for multiple income streams. Service providers like us, we're really trained in our skill set and how to deliver good services to clients, but we're not trained in the business side of it. They need some systems, they need some processes in the back end that will just support them and make it easier for them. And like you said, when you're working with so many clients, you're not working on your business. There's no way to create a plan for growth. The first thing we do actually is really look at like money leaks in their business. Are they going over 15 minutes for their sessions when it's an hour session? And I know it sounds silly because it's like, oh, 15 minutes. But when you're doing that with 10 clients a week, (laughs) that's two and a half hours of extra work that you're not getting paid for. That could easily be redirected to, again, higher paying clients or focusing on new income streams and putting them together. I don't want to add more work to their plate initially. I want to remove work from their plate so then we can help them really create a long-term strategy. Totally makes sense because the first thing when you're overbooked that goes is your own business, (laughs) especially introverts. We tend to be people pleasers. I know for me, I never said I was booked out, but I kept saying yes. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just like, oh, I'll just work more hours. If things didn't happen in March of last year, I would have been in that position and needing some kind of help because I was Mm -hmm. getting burnt out really quickly. And a lot of my clients too, they've never hired help. They're worried they need to go straight to like a full-time employee and they don't have the money for that yet. Or like, what are they going to have them do? So I also really help them learn to outsource tasks that are draining and not something they need to be doing or learning. When we're in the early stages of business, we feel like we need to learn everything. We need to become the website expert. We need to become the tech expert. And we're like wearing all these hats. That's a great way. You can start out with a VA. When I started with VAs, I just started it out with five hours a month, which they were so much more skilled than me at the task that they were doing. It probably saved me 25 hours a month of my (laughs) own time and saving 15 hours of my time. And I could take on two clients and not be wiped out by it and more than make up that cost. Outsourcing and hiring is valuable. And I feel like so many entrepreneurs, especially they're so close to their brand and their business that Mm -hmm. it's like, nobody can do it. So I'm just going to do all the things. And it's so rewarding when you finally get to the point where you're able to let go of some Mm -hmm. of the control. (laughs) And I really think it's about hiring help before you feel ready, even if you don't feel able to let go. My first VA is still with me and she's been with me for a year and a half. And at the beginning, like it wasn't smooth sailing. I was the bottleneck because I was so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and busy. I wasn't giving her what she needed, but I'm so glad I took that leap and hired help to get Mm -hmm. some things off my plate. And then I eventually got to the point where I knew that I was the problem with getting her what she needed to get done and different tasks in the business and using up her time. So my next step was actually to hire an online business manager who Mm -hmm. became like my right hand. And she was the go between, between me and my team and made sure that I wasn't the bottleneck holding things up in the business. 
And I feel like even taking that first leap when I wasn't ready, mm-hmm. um, it was so valuable to just get right. it started. Because <laughs> it's usually not way too late, but it's so late. When you do finally hire someone, you're already overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. It is like beyond where you need it to be. So true and so important. I feel like uh, to get into knowing what you love to do and being this CEO where you're doing the high touch point work. Cause I do the same thing still. I'm like, Oh, I need to do this little task. And instead of putting it in ClickUp and assigning it to a team member, I'm just like, Oh, I'll just do it. So I know you have a couple of freebies. I'd love for you to talk about that. And we will also have the links in the show notes for people to download these because they look awesome. Oh, thank you. So my first step in getting prepared for multiple income streams is really looking at an income goal for the life that you want, not just to pay your bills and the minimum viable income that you need. Like making sure you're really stretching yourself because I want people putting cash in their bank accounts. I want those bank accounts full of cash. I want them to actually move into investing their money so that they can have more. I know every business owner wants passive income. And I think investments is a great way to get passive income. So I really want them doing things like that. I usually go to Mexico for a few weeks in the winter, not this year, but um, I usually go there for a few weeks to recharge. And I want them to be able to do those things. And a lot of us don't even choose income goals at the beginning, or we just choose this random number, usually a hundred K, which I totally support again, women entrepreneurs going forward. I think we really need a hundred, at least where I live right outside New York city. So a hundred K isn't even enough, you know, (laughs) but I really think aiming for a hundred K or whatever that number is to build safety, to create savings for your future, to pay for decent health insurance. So we really look at that income goal and then we actually break it down into chunks. So I called goal chunking and it's about looking Looking at how many clients do you need to hit that income goal? How many one-to-one clients do you need? How many packages do you need to sell? And I really do recommend in the beginning as you're adding in multiple income streams, making sure that half that goal is usually going to be from one-to-one type projects and services. Because it's hard to go straight from one-to-one clients into group programs, workshops, courses, and a lot of offers if you don't have that bigger audience. And then really looking at what else do they want to add in? Is it a group program? Is it workshops? Is it retreats? And really working in how many spots they need to sell at what prices. And then that allows them to actually work backwards and really set up what income stream are you working on right now? And and not overwhelming yourself with trying to fill three to five income streams. At once because that just confuses your audience. They don't know what to buy. You're overwhelmed and confused trying to sell multiple things. So that's my consistent income generator toolkit. You get the exact guide, like spreadsheet to work through that. You get a list of income streams to look at to see what you can do to achieve that goal. And I have a video walking you through it too with some examples. So you can download that at nicolelaloya.com slash CIG. And then I have a multiple income streams guide, a list of income streams, some descriptions. There's so many income streams that we don't even realize are out there. We sometimes fall into, again, if you're part of the online world, it's like courses or one-to-one clients. And I think it's fun to experiment with new income streams and really survey your audience to see what they would be interested in. That also fits with you as well. So you don't waste time one creating 
anything that people aren't interested in, which I see happen a lot, which is frustrating. You can really grab this guide and look through what kind of income streams are out there, how they can support you in hitting your income goals. And that's NicoleLaloya.com slash MIS. I love all of that. I'm so excited for those. Those look so great. And oh, thank you. Yeah, we will have them linked in the show notes for everyone to download. I love multiple income streams because right now, as you are talking about like courses and one-to-one, like I've, I'm going to share my current streams. <laughs> I have just recently switched. So I was doing mostly Pinterest management. I'm no longer taking on one-to-one Pinterest clients. My only one-to-one services now are business coaching and VIP days. Mm -hmm. That has really allowed me to open up and really focus on growing my business and my other streams. So I have two memberships. I do paid workshops. I have digital products like template bundles and website templates. And I have a couple of courses and I'm launching a signature program. And I also do affiliate income too. And I do it through email marketing and through my blogs, which I didn't put a lot of effort into it. I love that it's generally a passive income stream because I really didn't put much thought or time into it. And I just looked at my numbers because next month in my membership, that's what we're talking about Mm -hmm. is passive income and affiliate marketing. So I actually sat down and went through my numbers and I was like, I'm making a thousand dollars per month so far this year of affiliate income. There's been no strategy behind it. it. (laughs) Yeah. I really do think it is the most passive income stream for online business owners. And I love that so many things we use are now recurring. You're probably an affiliate for your course membership that you use and your email system. And those usually pay monthly. It's not even a one-time fee. So as long as people are signed up for it, we get monthly payments for it. It gives us that Mm -hmm. like baseline security income where we're not really, again, do like, yes, we have to be intentional of making sure there's opportunities for people to get things through us and use our links. But other than that, it's not like we're creating anything. And there's so many tools that you probably already use that have affiliate programs that Mm -hmm. you're likely already talking about. So why Mm -hmm. not use an affiliate link and get some nice passive income and the recurring passive income is like the cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. Like that's the best. I have uh, one big course that I originally took as a virtual assistant that I've been recommending in a few blog posts. I still get people signing up and it's a 12 month payment plan. Mm -hmm. So once they sign up, like that's 12 months of recurring income. I used to have this one program that I loved that I was an affiliate for. And unfortunately she doesn't have an affiliate program anymore, but it it was about money mindset. And I do a lot of money mindset work with my clients, but it it was a great program to share with my audience because they're struggling with that. And unfortunately she did end it. But one time I sold and I didn't even have a big audience then, but I just showed up and offered helpful information when people were asking about it. And I actually got on Facebook messenger and answered their questions, but I actually sold 17 spots in it. So it was like from her that year, I got over just alone her program. I got over $8,000. So it was amazing. It's really a win, win, win um, Mm -hmm. scenario. Like the creator wins because they're getting a new customer. You're winning because you're getting affiliate income. And 
the person that you're referring is winning because this is something that they really need and is actually really helpful to them and where they're at. And they're getting it from a trusted source. It's not like they're just Googling random things and you're saving them Mm -hmm. time by letting them know what to use. And I think a lot of people avoid affiliate income because they think it's sleazy or salesy, but the way we're doing it, it's really helpful for people. And when I want to buy something, I ask, like I make sure I'm buying it through someone's affiliate link too. I've had a few people ask me on Instagram about the stock photos I'm using and and which stock photo site I recommend. And I'm I'm like, well, my favorite, my absolute favorite is this one, but there's also this one. And then they're like, oh, do you have an affiliate link? I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't even think to um, send that uh, because I didn't want them to think that like, that's the only reason I'm recommending them. But I feel like if we're recommending Mm -hmm. things that we use and that we love and really want our name attached Mm -hmm. to, that's where it's not sleazy. It's more like, yeah, you're adding value by sharing these resources that you've used and you trust. And don't be shady. Don't, I mean, not that you are, but just to the audience, what does come off shady is like when you drop the link and we can tell there are Mm -hmm. affiliate links and you're not declaring that, which is also honestly Mm -hmm. against the law. (laughs) But, you know, as long as you're just being upfront and honest about it, if they're not into it, they can go find a link themselves Mm -hmm. that isn't an affiliate link. Personally, I will always, like if I'm going to sign up for something, I will definitely see if somebody in my network Mm -hmm. has an affiliate link and use that because it's, it's a win-win-win. I just did that with um, Kajabi, my old business coach. I knew had it. So I reached out to her and was like, hey, I'm going to sign up for Kajabi. Are you signed up as an affiliate? And she was so grateful. That's awesome. Um, so this has been so great talking about multiple revenue streams. Hopefully our listeners have gotten some ideas and their wheels turning and definitely go download Nicole's freebies and get started planning out your year and where you want your business to go. Cause I feel like that's a big part of it is like, especially if you don't have the audience, like you said, Mm -hmm. planning it in the future and making a game plan now to Mm -hmm. get to that point where you want to launch a group program or you want to launch a membership or whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it. It's just a matter of planning and figuring out what your audience really needs with the market research Mm -hmm. piece. Yeah. Build that foundation now. So if you plan now mm-hmm. <laughs> and build that foundation, it will definitely help you in the long run, even if you don't intend to add additional revenue streams for like a year from now, like everything you do for visibility and growing your business mm-hmm. is going to help you in the long run. And that's why I created that consistent income generator, because you really do need to plan out in advance. It's going to be a lot more work for you if you're like, wake up one day and, oh, I want to launch this group program. <laughs> You know, yeah. which happens. But, you know, this really does let you look at a full year. So even if you're planning in six months, at least you'll know like, hey, if I am going to run a group program and use it to be profitable, I'm going to need this many people. So do I have access to enough of my audience to have this many people sign up? So you have then six months to start to build that audience rather than being disappointed or scrambling. So I would love for you to share where people can find you online because I'm sure people are going to want to follow you and and reach out to you. Feel free to just go to my website or for you guys, just go straight to those freebie links because that's really the best place to just start getting value. I do really nurture my list and and welcome you guys in and you ask me questions or email me or hit reply to one of my emails or even the initial freebie and ask me any questions or let me know what's going on with you. But you can also find me on Instagram 
And I would love for you guys, after you listen to this, go to you at Nicole Valoya on Instagram and send me a DM. And I know this is sometimes hard for introverts too. I get really uncomfortable with it. So it's also great practice for you because I promise I will write back and it'll be a good little networking exercise as well. And I would love to hear what income stream you're interested in adding in over the next six to 12 months. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been great. And uh, I know people are going to start having ideas about how they can add additional revenue to their business because it's so important to have those multiple streams just in case you never know what's going to happen in the future. Or like if you are going to experience burnout, it's great to have multiple streams that you can always fall back on and start to focus on more. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at introvertpreneur.com and at theterrorread.com, where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.